This is Vets Helping Vets, a special edition of Toolbox.Vet. This series features stories and insights from veterans for veterans. We're kicking it off with a focus on financial tools for student veterans to prevent and alleviate debt, maximize veteran education benefits, and steps veterans can take to succeed in school. Thanks for listening. Victor Nzunza and Tyler Solorio here policy analyst for Swords to Plowshares. Today we're going to be talking about budgeting basics. So we're going to run through a very, very basic set of things that veterans can do to hopefully avoid overspending and also getting into debt. We'd like to help you have some tools here that will help you avoid it. So we're going to give you some of our personal experience and we're also going to give you some well-known facts just in case you don't know them. So one thing to know also is that we did do some research on debt with some veterans in our community and got a lot of feedback from them, which was helpful to us because it was also a way for us to gather information that we can share with you. So this is not just coming from Tyler and I, but also from veterans who are in school, working out in the community and doing other things like that. So Tyler, go ahead and just kick us off. Let us know um, what are some things that veterans can do to budget and avoid debt. Yeah, so um, I mentioned this in our debt recording prior, but I hate most stuff when we talk about budgeting because the examples that they give you tend to be unrealistic budgeting examples from people who are like higher tiered income who like obviously you can save 20% of your budget or 30% of your budget because you make $100,000 a year. And, you know, if somebody's out here making $40,000 a year, that it, to me, it's completely unreasonable to expect, expect them to save 20% of their income, especially depending on what their situation looks like. You know, uh, maybe they have kids, maybe it's a single income family. There, there's a bunch of different factors that go into it. So when we, when we do talk about budgeting, when we do talk about planning all this stuff and everything, um, the biggest thing I urge is to be as realistic with yourself as possible and as honest with yourself as possible. If you come into this trying to set up or establish a budget or goals or whatever for yourself, that's unreasonable to just kind of your income level, how you live life, how expenses come up, uh, potential crisis situations that can come up in the near future. And what happens is you don't meet those unrealistic goals that you set for yourself, you've actually effectively created a, t- a deterrent for you wanting to actually engage in budgeting, creating discipline, and just being like, you know, what's the point of saving because of this? And it, which is understandable. I understand why it ends up turning into a deterrent and you're like, who cares? It doesn't work out anyways. Um, it can work to extents. And I think that's what we wanna talk about when we do talk about budgeting. So I think an important part is, you know, setting your goals and, you know, thinking about your immediate goals to your long-term goals. So maybe my, my first goal is like, I want to pay off my credit card. I've taken a bit too much of my credit card. It's not out of control, but it's uncomfortable. I want to pay that off. Cool. All right. So there's one goal. Um, you're saving up for maybe you need a vehicle. The one that you have is currently giving out. You're not feeling comfortable with putting money to repairs to it. Um, you'd rather pick up a new one. Uh, or you're just looking at creating a nice emergency savings. So, you know, if we're in something like a global pandemic or something where 
we see layoffs or maybe your job's at risk or you're just not feeling necessarily that you're in a situation where you have financial security. Um, you know, building up an emergency funds, building up a savings, that's a great goal in itself. And, you know, ideally you want to look out to having a savings that is worth at least three months of your own income up to uh, half a year's income. Those are kind of really nice areas from what I've talked to people that sound pretty reasonable to build up with over time. Um, but then, you know, outside, in, outside of setting up kind of those goals and how you want to construct the budget around them, then it comes to committing to actually creating a budget, right? And again, this is something where I feel like you have to emphasize being realistic with yourself. Uh, so for example, for me, I love food. Food is amazing. Food is delicious. It is a guaranteed form of happiness for myself. A uh, huge downside to that is I am not that much of a cook, right? I'm not a great cook by any means. I know that, you know, buying food, bringing it home and cooking for myself is the cheapest option, but I'm also not a good cook. And there's a lot of different food out there that's great that I would like to buy from. Um, so in that term, there's, you know, different ways that I can navigate that. How much money do I actually want to allow for myself to buy for takeout? or buying uh, at a restaurant or going out and dining in. Uh, you know, maybe that looks like a bigger part of my budget than something else just because I really am a foodie, right? So th that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about being realistic. I think it's, I think if you plan a budget for yourself and you're like, this is one thing that I commit a lot part of my budget to because it gives me a sense of happiness and joy and a will to live, then, you know, that is something that you should actually try and reasonably accommodate for rather than being like, I'm going to make this a narrow part of my budget or I'm gonna just remove it entirely. It's like, great. Then a month from now, if you've had the discipline to keep it, uh, you may have emotionally hampered yourself. You may, may not feel good about a budget or maybe you fell through on it, but now you're questioning yourself and questioning your own discipline. When the problem isn't necessarily your discipline, it's just you created an unrealistic budget that doesn't match your lifestyle and doesn't match your income. Now, I think things that are bigger and more important, what we can fixate on is stuff like rent. If you live in an area where you have some flexibility or bigger option to handle rent, ideally, you know, you want to create a target goal of your total monthly income rent should only be at highest 30 to 40% of your income, like your take-home income, right? Um, and so I think there's areas where you can keep in mind or goals for yourself that you can set up for it. Some people want to spend a bigger part of their budget on their rent because they want to live in a particular area or because they want a certain lifestyle. For me personally, that's not as big of a choice, but we also live in the Bay Area. Rent's high no matter what, unfortunately, but my job also necessitates that I only work in certain areas. I can't necessarily work the same job in a smaller town. So there's ways that we have to navigate this, navigate what can we adjust, uh, what can we move around, what can we engage in certain things. So just starting off a spreadsheet of what do your current expenses look, look right now, right? Uh, what does your current income look like right now? And just getting a sense of what is your life like uh, for the past few months. If you can assemble, you know, a bunch of different uh, debit account statements, uh, checking account statements, credit card statements, if you could just get an idea generally, and there's there's just a lot of free resources that are out there um, that you have to keep in mind about, a lot of different websites that are somewhat trustworthy um, where you can go to and you can plug this information in and they can be really useful to give you an idea 
of your budget breakdown. And then just getting an honest look out of, okay, what does six months of my life look like without a budget, without committing to savings, without doing any of this? All right, is there places where I can make changes or is there room to where I can siphon off? Hey, I do have this leftover amount. I could plug that into savings. It matches this particular goal that I have. And just maintaining that discipline, tracking that progress, and then holding yourself accountable for how you might participate or if you just need to shift certain things. Like, there are some people who are fine with working in an absolutely static situation of this is just exactly how I spend month to month. Those people are on a whole nother tier. I am not that person. I cannot be that person. Uh, I wish I could be that person because I think I would be really effective in terms of being able to save money if I was that person. But I think also embracing the fact that things can change month to month as long as you are being consistent where you can be and you're having some degree of fluidity and as long as you're building up towards your goals, then roll with it. The biggest things that you should focus and prioritize on is fixed expenses. Like when you're in rent, you're locked in, right? Uh, you have a lease, same thing if you have a mortgage, you're, you're pretty much locked in. Those are expenses that can't really change for you. There's not much you can do about it. Like maybe you can change it up in the future or maybe it's something that you can change up and plan like, okay, I'm tired of paying this amount of rent for this apartment. When this lease comes up, I'm going to try and find an apartment that fits more within this range. But they're, they're, those are the expenses that don't really have wiggle room. Uh, same thing when we talk about insurance or certain bills. Uh, these are the things that absolutely you're just like, no, there's there's no skimping around it. There's there's no uh, way that I can kind of put it off to the side. Those are the things that you have to prioritize. And then outside of that, you need to also be following up and cutting out debt where you can. Um, in the society, debt is very, very normal. And, you know, people portray debt in a negative light because for the most part, debt is a negative thing. Debt is also absolutely necessary and critical for you uh, getting things such as credit score built up. Like you have to take on debt to have a necessary credit score in order to do things like rent or mortgage or any type of loan. Uh, debt is necessary for that. And so things like credit cards become necessary for you to build up your credit score. And those are things that you can manage easily if they aren't a big deal, but if you go far into it, uh, that could jeopardize you. And we go more to that into our other recording. But I think kind of the biggest also just takeaway outside generally is that there's a ton of free resources about this online. There's a ton of different ways that you can kind of help out plan out your stuff. There's also, if you're a type of person who really loves apps and you are on your phone, um, there's a bunch of different apps for the phone which do work out towards certain things. And for like me personally, uh, I do use some of those and they do help me out. And I uh, do manage to actually save as a result of some of those apps. And so I think it's just looking into what works for best as an individual. Tyler, so you mentioned that there's some specific tools out there uh, that veterans might be able to use that could work for them pretty well. Do you, you don't have to go so far as to recommend anything necessarily, but what are some uh, some types of apps or websites that people could look out and find? Um, so just kind of like thinking uh, in terms of there's stuff like, and there's parts where I may screw up on the names, but um, mint.com, if I remember, has like a free budget planning kind of setup um, that you can, for people who feel comfortable doing so, some people 
for privacy reasons or other reasons may not want to necessarily connect their checking account to these websites. Um, but if you do, they can provide a pretty solid breakdown about how your budget looks like and how it breaks up. Um, then there's also websites like, I love, <laughs> so uh, credit reports. I am constantly monitoring my credit on a month to month. And, uh, and so I, I do use credit monitoring. Um, in that term, I use something like Credit Karma for me. It's something that I found to be a good free, free website that I uh, do use for it. Uh, I also try to use, there's like a few different phone apps. I'm not necessarily going to name names, um, but there's some phone apps where, you know, if you use a transaction, it will take like a certain percentage of whatever transaction, or even if like, if I, for example, get my paycheck, I have an app that will take 10% of my paycheck and just immediately put that into savings. Now that doesn't mean that that money is always going to be in savings for that. Uh, that that specific 10%, but that's a kind of out of out of mind, out of sight deal because it happens so quickly. I don't even think about it. So I'm just operating with less 10% uh, less of my check every time I receive one. And so, um, but it also does things where it's like, hey, I know I spend too much money at this one place. Great. Every time I spend money at this place, it takes a dollar, right? And so by doing that, that works with how I operate. And that's a way that I actually built up funds for me and uh, builds up savings for me. Uh, and then there's other websites, like there's there's websites, you know, that just do kind of like the breakdown, give you the numbers, allow you to organize. Then there's other websites like Prudential, uh, where Prudential has like educational videos. They also have um, like specific stuff to talk about student loans. And that's like my primary debt. I don't have a lot of different sources of debt, but I have one big source of debt and it's my student loan debt. And there's stuff that goes into, all right, so this is what it looks like if you repay over this time, giving the calculator and giving the breakdown. Um, I personally appreciate that type of stuff because that just kind of gives me an insight on next steps, how I want to approach and also like crafting budgeting around it. And so those are just a few resources that uh, immediately come to mind, but like, we, we live in a very nice time period of the wealth of free resources that we have on this particular stuff. And, uh, and so it, it's kind of interesting in the sense of it isn't hard to get educated about budgeting or ways to uh, approach uh, student loans or anything like that. And there's all these people out there who are like, oh, buy my book, do this, you know, pay, I like pay me and I will help you do it. Um, I'm not interested in paying for any of these resources at all, uh, pr precisely because there's so many free resources that I never have to pay for. And I don't think it's necessary to have to pay for any of this stuff when there's solid free stuff out there. And, and the biggest problem isn't even necessarily actually educating oneself out on it or anything. Um, and I mentioned this in the debt recording, the biggest problem tends to be just discipline and being realistic with yourself. And so I'm not interested in going to the self-help section of my nearest bookstore and buying books on debt management because there's so much free resources out there. We live in a unique time where literally we're kind of overloaded with this free information and even free services that we can use. Well, you know, free in the sense of we don't actively have to pay for it. But I think the, the biggest important part is the willingness to go out and search and then also engaging in that discipline and, uh, and then also engaging in kind of that realistic understanding of this is what I can contribute. 
because again, it relies so heavily on what your income actually is. And saving money looks different from a person who's making $40,000 a year versus a person who's making $100,000 a year. Exactly. And I think what a lot of what I'm getting from what you've said is to adapt to your own personal means. So everyone has, they have a finite amount of income. Most of the time, you know, they're, they may get raises over the year at certain points, but for the most part, it's nothing drastically changing um, when it comes to income. So to try to be adaptive, I think, and that's I think that that's a good advice. And of course, you know, your financial plan, your budget will change later on in life um, as you advance in your career and start making more money. Um, so it's good to be prepared for that, I think, early, right? So get used to um, having a budget because it's a habit. Most people don't have that habit. They just spend as they need to. They're not prioritizing expenses that are vital to their um, existence, right? And then that's when they get into trouble and they have to borrow money. So I hope that you've learned something from this small segment about how to commit to a budget, how to develop one, and how to adapt to your financial life.